0: Welcome to the Move Forward podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We're absolutely passionate and committed to equipping believers to move forward in their life with Jesus, their careers, and their family. Each episode is designed specifically with you in mind to help you overcome the obstacles you're facing and truly move forward. We know you'll love this episode. Here's your host, Kim Moss. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Move Forward podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Moss. I uh, have been talking the last few weeks about uh, how big is your gospel and actually the title of this series is calling for the sons and daughters of Abraham. So we talked about the sons of God from from Romans chapter 8 and how they are those who will walk with God and uh, then we talked about doing justice and mercy and I've asked you some questions about how big is your gospel because this is our gospel is a gospel of the kingdom. It's a gospel of rescue, but it also it, it's more than just that. And that um, and that ending ending poverty, doing racial reconciliation, um, ending ending sex sex trafficking, is all good and worthy, but it's not enough. It doesn't go far enough. And our gospel is much bigger than that. And our King is much bigger than that. And that divorced from Jesus and without the, the leading of the Lord and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, none of these things are possible. And so I've been asking you, how big is your God and how big is your gospel? And I want to remind you from last week, Jesus did not come to end poverty and racial injustice and sex trafficking. He came to do that and so much more. He came to bring heaven to earth. He came to bring the rule and the reign of God and his righteousness and his justice on the earth. And he, he came to do good and make good. And and he came to bring healing and deliverance and restoration and reconciliation and redemption and salvation and wholeness. And those things only come from the Lord. He came to bring God's program of new creation. He came to make all things new, all things whole, all things complete and original in their purpose and identity as it was in the beginning when God created You see when a society becomes infected by the kingdom and rides widespread revival then the culture begins to shift and embrace divine virtue biblical truth and morality poverty sickness crime lawlessness racism they're all displaced and removed they are healed and we are redeemed and reconciled because in the kingdom, our God reigns. And so I want to talk to you about doing justice from the book of Foundations. That would be the book of Genesis. And I want you to know, as I said from the beginning, I, I don't have all the solutions. I, I only have a piece. I only... I only have what I feel like the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about, and, and it's my little piece, and it's not the end-all, be-all, and I don't pretend that it should be. And I, and I am no expert on, on racial relationships, nor am I an expert on rescuing from sex trafficking. I, I am an expert in nothing. I am not even an expert, you guys, in my own life. But I love Jesus, and I love His Word. And I am one of his sheep that hears his voice, just like you. And I think we all have a piece to bring as the church and as the body. And we all need to begin to bring our pieces, but they need to be bathed in the voice of the Lord, bathed in the truth of scripture. They need to be thought through in light of what God says, in light of theology, who God is, how he is with his people. And what we really know about God. And I know that even that is is tricky. and, And even that can bring argument. But now is not the time to argue. Now is the time to think and worship God. To walk by his spirit. And to be a kingdom people. And so Genesis, I want to talk about. See, Genesis is the book of foundations. It's it's a beginning place always. Genesis is the book that Moses wrote in what's called the Pentateuch, which is the first five books books of the Bible. Moses is writing to the people of God who have been who have been delivered in the greatest act of deliverance when God showed Himself and revealed Himself as God who heals, the God who delivers, the God who sees. This God, this great God who created the heavens and the earth who is lord over everything who is the one who makes covenant with people who who created man in his own image this god is bringing this people out of their bondage into promised land, into freedom so that they can become the people of God. They are not just journeying out through the wilderness. They are coming into the promises and they needed to know more fully who they are, their identity. They needed to remember who they are and they needed to remember who God was. The scholar Victor Hamilton says this, what was happening to them was not simply a liberation from a particularly bad period of enslavement. Rather, God was working in their lives, and they were now becoming a major part of his program to redeem the world to himself. Do you feel that? That's where we are right now. God wants to bring us out of our enslavement so that we can become a part of his program to redeem the world to himself. And God is raising up a generation out of the ashes of abortion, secularism, humanism, racism, terrorism, feminism, you name it, even impotent religiosity, which has a form of godliness but has no power. And he's calling for the sons and daughters of Abraham who will do righteousness and justice on the earth so that all the nations of the earth can be blessed in him. And so I am proposing that we are those sons and daughters of God and that we are called to do righteousness and justice on the earth and that it goes far beyond social justice. It is about bringing the kingdom and cultural transformation to our cities and our nations, and to a generation. And I believe we find the beginnings of that in the story found in Genesis of Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah. And so I want to read scripture again today, if that's okay with you. And if you want to get out your Bible, go ahead and get out your Bible. But we're going to be reading from uh, Genesis chapter 18 to Genesis chapter 19, 16. Genesis 18, it says, And the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. As he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day, and he looked up, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there were three men standing in front of him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and he bowed himself to the earth, and he said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, wash your feet, rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourself. And after that, that you may pass on since you have come to your servants. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it, make cakes. And Abram ran to the herd and he took a calf tender and good and he gave it to the young man who prepared it quickly and he took the curds and the milk and the calf that he had prepared and he set it before them and they stood and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. And then there's an exchange between the Lord and Abraham about Sarah his wife who'd been barren. But we're not going into that story so we're going to we're going to go on now to verse we're going to skip over to verse 16. And then the men set out from there and they looked down towards Sodom. And Abram went with him, with them to set them on their way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. And then the Lord said, "'Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come up before me. And if not, I will not.' So the men turned from there and went to Sodom, and Abraham stood still before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near, and he said, "'Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked?' Suppose there are 50 righteous in the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find Sodom in Sodom, 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And then Abraham answered and he said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I who am but dust and ashes, but suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. And again, he spoke to him and he said, suppose 40 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. And then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he answered, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. And Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak again, but this once. suppose there are only 10. And he answered for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way. And when he had finished speaking to Abram, Abram returned to his place. Now the two angels, this is chapter 19. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and he bowed down with his face to the earth. And he said, my Lord's Please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go your way. And they said, no, we'll spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly as he turned aside to them and entered. And they, so they turned aside to him and they entered his house and he made for them a feast and baked them unleavened bread. And they ate, but before they lay down the tent, the men of the city, the men of Sodom young and old, all of them to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and they said, who, where are those men that came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Know them, that is that same term as sex. So Lot went out to the men at the entrance, he shut the door after them. And he said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who've not known any men. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men for they have come under the shelter of my roof. And they, the men said, stand back. This fellow came to sojourn among us and he thinks he's become our judge and now we'll deal worse with you than with them. And they pressed hard against the man Lot and they drew near to break the door. But the men who'd come to visit Lot reached out their hands and they brought Lot into the house with them and they shut the door and they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great. So they were themselves out groping for the door. And then the men said to Lot, have you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, daughters, sons, anyone in the city, bring them out of this place for we are about to destroy this place because of the outcry that came against its people, because it has become great before the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters up, get out of this place. The Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be joking. And as morning dawned and the angel urged Lot saying, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. And, but he lingered so that the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand and the Lord being merciful to him, brought him outside and set him out in the city, outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, escape now for your life and do not look back. stop anywhere in the valley, escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Some of you already know this story. This is the story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. But I, I think this story is really important for us today in a sort of a different way than we usually see it. See, it's the first time that God has expanded and actually expounded more on the call of Abraham to include the generations after him, his sons and his daughters. And he has said they are to do righteousness and justice. The sons and the daughters of Abraham are to do righteousness and justice. And you say, well, Pastor Kim, what does that have to do with me? Well, I'll tell you, see, you are the sons and the daughters of Abraham. And who are the sons and the daughters of Abraham? The sons and the daughters of Abraham recognize the presence of God. Abraham, he recognized the presence of God. In the Genesis verses 18, 19, it says, for I have chosen him, says the Lord. And then it's right after that, it says, the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. See, we know it was the Lord who appeared because, because in the Scripture it says, "I have chosen him." I and that word in the Hebrew is the Lord. The Lord has chosen him. So the Lord who chose Abraham is showing up to Abraham, and it, then it also says in the narrative that the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. How is it that Abraham? Understood this was the presence of God. Well, I'll tell you. It's because Abraham had a lifestyle that allowed him to become familiar with the presence of God. In Genesis 12, verses 1, it says that he heard the Lord's voice and, and he left everything obeying God's voice. When the Lord said, Get up and leave your family. And go to a place that I, I will tell you along the way. Didn't even tell him where he was going yet. And it's and he heard God's voice and he left everything in obedience to God's voice. And then later on in that same chapter in verses 7 of chapter 12. And then in chapter 13 verses 4 and 14. God appears to Abraham again. He speaks to Abraham again. And in that moment Abraham hears the voice and he builds an altar to the Lord, and he worships him there. So he started with obeying the voice of God, and then he builds an altar, altar which means he's worshiping the Lord. And then in chapter fourteen, verse twenty, it says he gave tithes to this character named Melchizedek. Melchizedek is 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 a king and a priest. Zedek is a, a, a priesthood. So a king and a priest. Uh, the the the. Uh, the man who came out of nowhere after who Jesus is likened to in the book of Hebrews. And he, he's won a war and he's got all this, all these spoils and, and, and he, he, he Melchizedek shows up this priest and he worships the Lord with tithes and offerings to the priest of the Lord. He worships God with his possessions, not just with his words. And then in, in chapter 15, verse six, see, God gives Abraham a vision and a prophetic word about, about him. And he believes God. He says, look at all the stars of the sky. And, and then he cuts covenant with him and all these things. And, and it says that he believes God and God accounted it to him as righteousness. It was by faith that Abraham was saved and by faith that we are saved And then in in verse 17 and verse 1, God appears to Abraham again, and he tells Abraham, circumcise all the males, circumcise yourself and your son and your family and your servants, because it's going to be the sign that you are my people, that you are holy and that I have cut away your pride and that you are a people set apart unto God. Later on in the spirit, Paul says that we'll be circumcised of heart, but they were circumcised in their flesh. And when God says this to Abraham, Abraham again obeys. And so he has a lifestyle of familiarity with the presence of God, obeying his voice, worshiping God, doing what God asks of him. And so when the three men come to God, when the three men come and visit him and in verse three of this chapter 18, it says these men showed up at his tent. He greets them singularly in the Hebrew. It's the singular. He greets them as the Lord. He greets them. My Lord. He says, my Lord. He understands he's being visited by God. And it's his familiarity with the presence that allowed him to recognize the day of his visitation, whatever form it took. See, he didn't miss the moment when when God, the God of righteousness and justice, was visiting him to talk to him about how he was about to destroy a city and the people in it because of the cry of injustice that had come up before him, Abraham understood the visitation of the Lord. He didn't miss the day of visitation. He didn't miss the moment. I think that we're right here. I have more to say, and we're going to talk about this next time, and I'm going to complete this message with you. I have so much to talk to you about in regard to this, but listen, we're in a moment right now. Have we... Are we familiar enough with the presence of God and how he works among his people with his word and with his presence to understand that even in the midst of all this turmoil and turbulence and violence and COVID and racial unrest and all the other things that are happening, yes, sin and evil and the demonic, but can we understand that we are in a moment of visitation and that God is coming to do something extraordinary. And are we going to be able to identify it, stand with Him, and do righteousness and justice on the earth with Him? It's an important question. I believe we're in the midst of a visitation. And I believe that even right now, if you have not understood that until now, please understand it now. We are we are already experiencing the breakthrough and the revival. It's here. Because when the kingdom comes, it stirs up violence. It stirs up opposition. It stirs up the things that have not been right so that we can see them and we can bring the kingdom solution for them. Are we going to be a part of the solution or are we going to be part of the problem? and in order to be part of the solution we have to first not miss the moment of our visitation so father right now i just we just come and we say god open up our eyes let us feel your presence lord lord let us in the midst of all that's going on let us feel your presence right now and we know god that there's an election coming, we know. Thing. That 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 we're in a new era, God. We know that you have started something unprecedented. Historically, we know, Lord Jesus, that all the experts are telling us, God, that that we are in the midst of one of those eighty-year resets of the of uh, uh, of. Of institutional uh, reset, we know that we're in the midst of a 50-year uh, economic reset. We know that all of these things are happening right now; they're all colliding at one time. God, but we, but we see we who are yours. We know that this is a visitation of God, because because you are always working, and you have a plan, and you have an agenda, and so God, we don't want to miss the moment of visitation. Give us a greater sensitivity right now, God. Open up our understanding right now, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we bid you to come. We invite you. You are with us, but come upon us now. Manifest your presence. Begin to speak to us. Open up our ears where we have become deaf, where we have become numb, where we have become afraid, where we have become angry, where we have become resistant, where we have become contemptuous, where we have become offended. God, I'm asking that you would remove that from us right now, God, that you would give us clarity in this moment to know that you are visiting and it's time for us to bow low to the earth and humble ourselves and say, what is it that you want? What is the cry that has come up before you in our nation and in our day? And how can we intercede And stand before you on behalf of people, God, so that your will will be done. That righteousness and justice according to Jesus Christ and his mercy and his goodness and his blood. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, how can this be done? That we would be a people delivered, regenerated, healed. We acknowledge your visitation, God, right now in Jesus' name. And We thank you that you love us enough to come. We welcome it and we embrace it. And we are open to your leading in this moment in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Until I see you again, talk to you again next week on the Move Forward podcast. Thanks for listening to the Move Forward podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast, then share it with a friend. Subscribing gets you every new episode automatically downloaded to your device. For more information and resources from Kim, visit our website at kimmoss.com.